Welcome to the UK Consult Weekly Podcast with Jonathan Bradley and Elton Daddo, engagement practitioners and general consultation superheroes at Bang the Table in the UK. Hello and welcome to Jono and Elt's weekly ramble through all things online community engagement and public consultation. We're into week 19. Now I don't really know why I say that every week because what is the real relevance of whether it's 19, 20, 21. But the only thing I can think is that because we're trying to put forward such a huge body of quality podcast evidence ahead of the National Podcast Awards, maybe that's why I keep saying it, just to remind people that we're in this for the long haul. I think it is part of that, Elton. I think you're right. That is going to be one of the criteria, consistency. You can't just come on and do one good episode. You know, you've got to you've got to do at least fifty-two good episodes. Right, I'd say. Yeah, you can't just pop up every now and then and go. Well, I'm a celebrity, so actually, just no. a random hour here and there, like once a month or two months, and I'll be in the running for the award. No, we're here every week, same time, on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday, no preparation. No preparation, putting together quality material. Yeah. for our adoring fans and i think that that's going to show over time they'll say look this is they'll either say it's consistently awful or they'll say this is just consistent brilliance across a whole year's period i think they will and also there'll be some people new to the podcast so they'll like come in at episode 19 welcome by the way if this is your first <laughs> first episode and then they'll want to go back won't they because you always do don't you? you go back you've subscribed to a podcast and you think oh I'll go, I need to start number one. I can't imagine that yeah. the people start in the middle. I bet there's people like that. I bet they do. I bet they just go wrong or they go random. I can't do that. I, don't, I have to start at one. Yeah, you'd have to go back through. You wouldn't go back through and then go like 18, 17, 16. You'd think, oh my God, there's a body of 18 podcasts before this. Week 19 was so good. I'm going back to one. I'm going to work my way all the way through. Do people binge on podcasts like they do on Netflix and other streaming services are available? <laughs> they do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I listened to a couple of reasonably interesting, I can't remember what it was called, but um, US crime-based podcasts. Oh. And I did find myself then every night listening to, say, two of them until I'd got through probably out of like 20 in total. Uh, it wasn't as good as this, obviously. But you know, yeah, I think people do. They get addicted a bit like reading a book and they can't put it down. I think you get that kind of same same thing like like you do with netflix series and stuff like that so we will have some binge listeners people we'll binge that, listeners yeah that are into public consultation and community engagement they will binge listen yeah um, and the only the only listeners that i don't really well not that i don't like them but they irk me slightly are the ones who just go for the special guest one so like i'll listen to that one because x is the special <laughs> guest I'm not, I'm not interested in any of the others they're not proper they're not, real, they're not real fans, are they? No, no, they're just popping in, taking the content that they want from that guest and then going, right, that'll do for me. I'm never going to look at this again. We'll listen I, to bet, it. I bet marketing, because they can find out anything that any, yeah. anyone does online, they know. I bet they could find those people for us. Yeah, and then we can create a, a blacklist of those and have a, a maybe a Meldrew Moment special edition based on our listeners and the yeah. demographics and all sorts of things. Perfect. <laughs> now, talking of reminiscing, 
Charlie's tunes of the week, I've been really reminiscing by listening to The Smiths, going back through some old Smith stuff. And so I'll put that up in the blurb. It's Girl Afraid was the one that really caught my attention. And I'd, I'd forgotten how good they were, but I used to listen to them when I was like 12, something like that, so a long time yeah. ago. You do forget, don't you? It's like, I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this, but it's like the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> you, you go back, you listen, and oh, yeah. What was that all yeah. about? No, I did used to like the Pet Shop Boys, actually. And you just think, wow, yeah, there was quite a lot of good music about. Yeah, and you listen to one, and then it's like, because it comes up on a load of playlists, and you think, look at all the discography, and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that they had, like, 14 albums. And then you start sort of cherry-picking little names come back into your mind of certain songs, and it's like, oh, that one, and that one, and that one. Before you know it, you like hours reminiscing over a lot of stuff. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's good. Have you had any this week? I don't think I have really. I've not really been had a massive music week. You've had you know, two weeks off music now, haven't you? Do you know why? Just pure laziness because you've got Charlie. I'm relying on Charlie every week now, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what Charlie's been listening to. I'll come, I might come back with a vengeance next week. I was going to ask her just before we started what she'd been listening to, but you put a ban on that last week because you didn't want her to feel too involved in it in case you started trying to take the podcast over. Well, we'll just have to save it up. This, this is the week of the Smiths. Yeah, this is a Smiths week. Yeah. I'm going to listen to the Smiths between now and next Wednesday, every day. And no I'm charge. Oh, that's Alexa. Going <laughs> into the uh, podcast. She's early because we're going to go into Joke of the Week now, and you've got a special guest for Joke of the Week, haven't you? I, I can't imagine who it might be. No, I can't imagine who it might be. <laughs> really, really came in way too early then, Alexa. It is Alexa. She's on low charge. Is she going to make it? Will she make it? Try it. Alexa, tell me a joke. That's better than the normal ones. What's black and white and red all over? A skunk with a rash. <laughs> oh, that, that was quite good, wasn't it? Because quite I was good. In a newspaper. Yeah, I don't think we should ever invite her back now because we need to up our game in terms of our own ones, don't we? You know, we were all expecting the other punchline, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, well, in fact, I've heard a, a couple of really inappropriate jokes that start, <laughs> start with that. Alexa, Alexa doesn't do those. I have tested her out. She's she's quite clever, actually. You can actually ask her very complex questions about the world of uh, community engagement and public consultation. Yeah, what are, what are her views on that? Does she express a lot? Uh, she does, yeah. Alexa, what is public consultation? I'm trying to connect. Ah, see, that's what happens. Let's ask her again later. I don't like her views on that. No, she always lets me down. Because what we do in our roles is enable people to connect. And she said, I'm trying to connect. Yeah. Well, no, it's quite negative. I don't like it. No. <laughs> as Yoda says, there is no such thing as try. Just do. Yeah, just get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, my joke's going to sound really, really awful now by comparison to Alexa's. But um, I bought some new shoes at the weekend. And the shop assistant said, these shoes might be tight for the next two weeks. So I said, don't worry, I'll start wearing them three weeks in. Oh, no. Where did you get that one? 
I, I can't reveal my sources. Alexa <laughs> back. There is actually someone on LinkedIn who uses LinkedIn for more of like a Facebooky, Twitter type purpose, and often posts jokes on there. So sometimes I get inspiration from them. So I'm not going to name them. Are you going to put them in the link in the blurb? I could put a, yeah, I could put a link in the blurb. Yeah, because all of a sudden they get like thousands of new followers. Yeah, and I think they do have a lot of followers based on the fact that they don't treat it purely as a business network. They do put some fun stuff up there and and stuff as well. So, yeah, I will. And what's been happening in, in the world of digital engagement this week for you then? You've just been doing a lot of writing and research. and What actually I am beginning to see is, and it'd be interesting to see if we got some feedback from our listeners on this one, is that people are starting to look more at how to do things rather than why. So what I mean by that is we've always sort of been, you know, fighting the corner for online public participation. You know, the theoretical, the philosophical reasons, the benefits of it, the business case, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because we, we believe in it. We think it's, you know, how we need to get better at public consultation, but get, get better at community engagement. It's where the focus needs to be. So we've also we've done this whole thing for quite a while on practice and theoretical stuff. And I'm kind of feeling that people are like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, okay, it's important. Yeah, 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 we know that. How do I do it? Yeah. And so they want to know, what does a good online consultation look like? And so I've been thinking about that a bit more. And I'm thinking, well, when it's online, it's basically a mix of a short description with links to supporting information to help people to take part. So documents, videos, things like that so that people can go and have a look and find out a bit more. A call to action, so that people know it is what it is you're kind of asking them to do. So why bother? You know, why should I get involved? And what questions do you want me to answer? That sort of thing. And then, yeah. they, then they need information and, and helpful information. So we have our, like our information widgets to do that. And then, just with face-to-face -face consultation, they need a variety of ways that they can participate. So, yeah. you know, they might need a places map. They might might want to take part in a discussion forum. They might just want to fill out a survey. That might be the, the level of commitment that they're willing could, to contribute. They might just want to look and listen and, and read and look at videos. In the project, there needs to be a way of giving people feedback and closing the loop. And that's what people want to know more about, the how-to. Yeah, definitely. I've seen loads of people using that our newsfeed tool in Engagement HQ really, really well. So they'll put up a video feeding back to the community about what their findings were, what remedies and actions they took based on the data they got from running various different parts within Engagement HQ and using a lot of different tools. So they'll also write that out. So some people might want to sit and read a report on it. Someone might want to click on the video and have someone telling them. So it's like a range of different ways of then feeding back and closing loops based on that. But I found exactly the same thing. I had a lot of conversations in the housing sector and it totally chimes well throughout the course of this week and, and moving into next week as well. But it really chimes with what you were saying then, Jono, about normally I might talk for, for some considerable time about that this is why it's important. 
And now people are starting to actually say to me, oh, no, 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 we know it's important. We need to do it. But now we want to know a bit more about how we might approach it and how you might advise that we approach a specific type of consultation or community engagement activity. So it's definitely moved on. And I know certainly in housing, they're really looking to advance digital strategies to become more connected with residents during the ongoing pandemic. Now we know there's another sort of six months at least of sort of enhanced restrictions. And that's really leading to people, or certainly like housing associations, for example, being really worried about being completely distanced um, from their residents and not involving them in any community decision making around anything, any any sort of practice that they carry out um, as a housing association. So there is a real willingness among these, um, certainly in this sector, to be transparent and inclusive in their approach to their customers, which is really good. But as you say, it's more about, right, how do we do it now? We know it's essential. You, you've got some webinars, which are a bit more how-to coming up, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a webinar coming up next Wednesday at 10 o'clock and I'll put the link to, link to that in the blurb as well. And that's going to be showing people, obviously talking through Bang the Table, Engagement HQ, talking through the range of tools and information widgets that you were talking about then as well. And then setting up a live project based on community cohesion and resilience, all of those sorts of things. Setting up a live project using some of those tools and showing how they interlink. And yeah, analysis and reporting. Um, we'll look at some possible integrations to drive more traffic to, to sites around things like message media, text message integrations to get those hard to reach communities um, more on board and involved in things like quick polls and, and surveys as well. So yeah, really excited about that. So I'll put that up in the blurb as well. Nice. That's what we like to see. Now you set me last week, L. Oh, which about that. that, yeah. Yeah, you said, well, I hadn't. That's lucky because I couldn't just make this up. It's the only bit that I prepare for for about two to three minutes. Yeah, so, a lot of our binge listeners would be coming into this episode expecting to hear about it. Yeah, exactly. So those who did tune in for week 18 will be like, oh, it's local history week this week. I wonder what, if, <laughs> I wonder what they're going to come up with. If we just ignored it, but anyone else who didn't notice, you'd know that they hadn't listened to number 18. And those are the people that annoy me slightly. So, so I did quite an extensive search and I found something called History Pin, which is using local history for community engagement. And it's an online digital engagement tool, nonetheless. It's a not-for-profit organization that develops offline programming and maintains a platform to help people engage their communities with local history. So I went through and had a look at this site called History Pin. Yeah, connecting communities with local history. So you can do this as a Judge Jono. So it's a place for people to share photos and stories. Oh, this really speaks to what we like. Telling the histories of their local communities. And then you can search by place um, or neighbourhood. So there's a what's in your neighbourhood and you can just search by postcode or street name. Or you can explore collections. So this is really, really cool. So I thought, let's go in and have a look at collections leads. And when I click on that, and again, I can put it up in the blurb, it's got a little menu down the side and you can pin something. So it works in a similar way to our mapping tool. But what happens is when you go to pin something or start a collection, you can then do either a video or a lot of images that you can drop in, but you can also, yeah, upload a video into there um, with a lot of blurb around it as well, a lot of narrative. So within the leads collection, for example, there's someone's memories and experience in their early years, marriage and the Air Force in World War II. And then you've got all these, so it's kind of linking libraries to the digital 
world so that people can then explore stories in the areas where they live. So it's kind of expanding our, our mapping tool um, into more sort of video realms. Now, there, was, there isn't much else in terms of getting involved. There aren't discussion forums and things like that, but really, really visual. It does look really, really impressive. Yeah, I like it. <gasps> yeah, Jono says, I like it. I mean, they could improve maybe with adding some other ways of taking part, like you've said, but it's simple. It's got a little bit of character and innovation about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I like it. What can I say? I don't think, really? is there any kind of judgment required or? I don't really, yeah. I mean, you can pass a judgment if you want, but it could be a really, really positive one, I guess. Oh, don't do, oh, no, not sure about positive. <laughs> okay, yeah, we won't do it as a judge, Donna, then. You just like it, and that's that's the most important thing. No, I will. I, I will find in their favour, whatever that means. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to reward them for their efforts. Yeah, I mean, it is really visual, to be fair, and they've got massive tiles. It doesn't look that dissimilar to some of our new homepage editor stuff in, in Engagement HQ. Really, really good. So I'll put that up so anyone can... Yeah, and I bet you'll go in and you can put in your local area or where you grew up or anything like that and you can find, start reading and looking at some of these collections. They're really cool. I haven't done that from where I live yet, but I will do. Perfect. Okay, and then what have we got? New project launches in Engagement HQ. What did you want to talk about for that this week? Ooh, do you know what? It's not a project, it's a site. And it's oh. one of our, our new sort of a bit like buses really new new um nhs sites coming through so there's quite a few launching last week this week and next week and we'll have a nice collection for people actually but it's so this is somerset ccg's new site we call it their public engagement site and it's the introduction i just like i really like an, an introduction that sets the tone and it says this site is yours to tell NHS Somerset about your experiences, your views, opinions, and how you feel. We want to hear from you. I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then it says, we hope that you're well and that you and your loved ones remain safe. We appreciate that this continues to be a challenging time for everyone. And so we hope, we hope that this site helps us to stay connected and gives you the opportunity to have your say on local NHS services. Now, isn't that a lovely invitation to get involved? I love that. That's a really, really good, friendly, warm, inviting in the digital world, um, getting getting people in there um, to have their say. But it is going to sound a little bit like we've prepared. We haven't prepared for this because we've barked, <laughs> we've barked up the same tree. So you chose their general site introduction, my project launch of the week without, I mean, we have, we did that David Blaine experiment. I've sat in a darkened room for the whole week with no contact with the outside world. Um, and I came up with the Somerset NHS Citizens Panel, which is a project that sits very, very neatly within that site. And it's really, really cool. I mean, beyond having a lovely picture of the Somerset countryside as its main banner at the top, the way it's been laid out using that new homepage editor is absolutely fantastic. They've got a really clear description around as a member of the citizens panel, you'll be asked to take part in regular research and questionnaires, the reasons why it's important for people to be involved and what they'll do with the information when they get it as well, to ensure that services are designed and delivered to take into account what matters most to the resident, but a really good use of the who's listening widget 
down the right hand side with what well, must be five people represented there all with pictures on as well so it's like putting names to faces explaining who they are in terms of other widgets they've got some important links out to the nhs ccg site fit for my future and latest covid information so that people can get accurate information around that um, a document library and then they've used one two three four five really good uses of the deep engagement tools they started off with a covid19 digital survey just to understand people's experiences of accessing online healthcare services during the pandemic and also feeding into suggestions for future services. A quick poll, we love a quick poll. So have you been able to access the NHS services you need since completing the survey, for example? So they're actually being really open and transparent and saying, look, since that, since we took various actions, has th have things improved for you? So I think that's a really, really good thing. And then our stories tool, which they've changed to call it your experience. Tell us about your NHS experience. Really, really simple. They've got a lot of FAQs, which are listed out down here, and a lot of further links out so that people can keep informed. And then a really cool ideas board, share your ideas. How can we make our NHS services better than ever? And people have just started to contribute to that now. Really, really good. That is good, isn't it? Yeah, I really like that. And we'll put yeah. a full site link up with that intro that you described and then an individual project link as well so that people can see what's going on in NHS Somerset. And it's one of the few sites, like I said, that as the NHS sort of changes its approach to the duty to involve and patient and public involvement and all of those sorts of things, they're really sort of like getting to grips with good practice and doing things like this. It's great to see. Yeah, very inspirational. Now, did you have any statistics of the week? This is the thing. It is a statistic, but then it also sort of morphs into a bit of grumpiness uh, oh but these you that they it does lead into meldrew moments next so you can oh, link to yeah so there's two ways of looking at this so an organization called the uk uk research and innovation have got together with um mori a lot of my stats come from mori shout out other pollsters are available <laughs> so they've done a survey on trust and it's trust in scientists right so scientists are people that spend years at university getting to the bottom of the facts and finding new things about very detailed stuff that the rest of us haven't got time to really look at, have we? You know, yeah. viruses, for example. I haven't got time to work out how you kill a virus, so I rely on scientists anyway. So the survey is about whether or not people trust scientists in the UK. And it was a sample base much larger than our normal, the one, the polls that we do. It was a sample of um, 11,500, just round that down a little bit. It's a bit higher, yeah. Yeah, a bit higher, right? And, and the, st the statistics, I'm just gonna go down the middle here. I'm just gonna say 60%, right? That's the people that trust, right? So 60%, there's quite a few, there's a couple of figures in here. So I'm just sort of going, going for the average here. 60% think scientists generally are trustworthy. Scientists are generally trustworthy, right? And then 65%, so they trust the information they have seen from scientists, okay? So what that means is that four out of 10 people don't trust the scientists. That means that if you've got a room of a thousand people, if my maths is correct, 400 of them are going around going, nah, don't trust yeah. that scientist. 
Um, That's really high, isn't it? Yeah, so I was like, what is going on? What is happening? Do you think that would have been a lot higher before the dawn of social media and misinformation generally? So if you ask people in the 80s and early 90s, their trust might be a lot higher because they haven't got as much access to people telling them that it might not be true. (laughs) It's exactly right. You've got the the whole sort of propaganda bubble mentality, all that sorts of thing uh, going on. So people can just choose not to trust scientists. And also, it made me think about what we do and the importance of dialogue and, and trust and having a conversation with diverse people, so like diverse perspectives on stuff, having that conversation can build trust. Yeah. But you know, it really emphasises the importance of the approach to, to problems in society need to be some of that trust is earned through having that dialogue and we've let the online world not be very good at that dialogue. I mean, not not us, obviously. We're, yeah, we're doing the opposite. We're creating platforms for amazing online dialogue. But there hasn't been enough of a response from powerful people in government to say, hold on a minute, you know, we need to sort this problem out. And that, So that's why it's a statistic and it's also... Also, it's quite linked. And again, there was, definitely wasn't any preparation while while I sat in, in that very dark room for a week. But it does link to my stat. And also, we'll give you another grumpy moment, which was 55%. And that's 55% of Brits think the government should resume their daily COVID-19 press conferences as the cases are rising at the moment. And 26% think they should not. And what that says to me is very similar to what you were saying is they don't trust the information they've got and they feel that if they hear it from the horse's mouth, i.e. the Prime Minister every night, that's going to give them more reassurance about what they're supposed to do. So there's like they, they don't feel that they've got enough guidance and they can't they don't know where to go online to get accurate information. Yeah. So they almost need to hear it. I just want to sit for half an hour every night and be told what I'm what I'm supposed to be doing because I've just got no idea. And there's a lot of confusion around, isn't there, around nuances in various restrictions. Obviously there's regional restrictions and things like that as well. So yeah, it's kind of linked to what you were saying about there's a lack of trust and therefore people almost want to be spoon-fed via their TV every night some some sort of guidance and leadership. I've made you really grumpy now, haven't I? Yeah, I can barely, barely, even, I barely even carry on with the podcast, really. <laughs> well, we, we are on Meldrew moments now, so this is the time to get it all off your chest. Yeah. Well, this is quite, this is also linked. There's a bit of a theme here. There's this book, I think it's been around for a while, called Rogue Ideas by what was, uh, Matthew Syed. And it's really made me get grumpy about groupthink because what in one of the themes in the book is the value of outside perspective when you're dealing with difficult situations um, and you need to make decisions and choices. And I kind of look at the telly and look at you know some of the key decision makers that are on our TV every day and, and it's like, they're not open to, I'm saying they're not, because I don't really know, you see, but I feel like they're not open to the value of outside perspective. They're all very similar, in this, out of a similar mould, sat in a room, and that's causing the confusion and, and, and the wrong decisions, maybe. And we don't do politics on it, so this is more about, well, what does that mean for engagement? And I think that's the whole thing around bringing the public into the conversation a bit more, and getting the value of those outside perspectives needs to be a, a bit more of how we how we cope with this situation. 
and so groupthink is my grumpy moment. You um, only have one. Well, I've got one more. <laughs> the other one is influencer marketing. Oh. So I had a message on my Instagram, completely unsolicited, which said something like this: about oh, they like my they like my Instagram account. Now, if I buy their watches and take a picture of me wearing them, I only have to pay half price for them. Oh. And, and the reason it made me grumpy is I'm like, I think you've got the wrong person. Because I'm not. I, well, because I just know that I'm not a, a fashion influencer. I know I'm not. What? I'm done. No, I saw your hat on our Monday meeting. Well, that's. I think that's one of the photos that's out there. I think that photo's gone out there because... Charlie, our colleague, took a screenshot and we all had hats on. And I think that photo has gone viral and they've thought, right, this guy is a fashion influencer because it looked very much like the kind of, what do you call that, that hat, bucket hat or something? It's like a Stone Roses type hat from, from the 90s, isn't it? But I think that might be... But it's the whole thing around groupthink, trust, yeah. influencer yeah. marketing, what's true, what's not true anymore. That creates a massive grumpiness. But the hope is public engagement, online public participation done well, where we can bring diverse views and opinions together for a constructive conversation, you know, and then they'd all agree whether or not they should buy the watch or not on merit, not just because I was wearing it. Yeah. As a so-called influencer. So you have bought them or you've, you've just left? Well, this is the thing now. I'm hoping that they're not listening to this podcast because I am still, <gasps> still want my 50% discount. All I've got to do is buy a watch, take a photo, put it on Instagram. Yeah. Get half price. And if I re recommend anyone, they get 25 25% off and I get a commission. So obviously, you know, I don't want them to listen to this because <laughs> the money, you've got to put your values to one side, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so important, isn't it? And I'm sure, you know, obviously we have got quite a, a wide reach, global reach, really. They may be listening, but... Hopefully they won't be too offended, but you haven't ruled it out totally. You probably just need them to explain a little bit more to you about why they think you're an Was it the fact they saw that photo of you in the hat or something else which made them think that? And then you might be able to connect with it and say, oh, I can see why now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or not. <laughs> yeah. It's tempting though, isn't it? Just to go, go on the journey to see what it's all about and see whether or not it's genuine. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, t it does tempt you in a little bit, doesn't it? But, well, you won't be surprised to hear that my grumpy moment is, again, very, very trivial. Why am I, why am I really... Tr I guess that's what Meldrew moments is, though, isn't it? It's things that you're not supposed to be really annoyed about that annoy you anyway. So I don't feel too bad about it. But in quite simple terms, squeezy condiment bottles, your ketchups, your mayonnaises. I'm not going to name any brands, but you know the ones, the... Yeah. the brown sauce ones, the ones that are supposed to be easier to get things out of because they're plastic and squeezy and turn them upside down, makes your life easier. You don't have to get a knife in a bottle and then pull out a load of ketchup over your lap, you know, and like, like we used to in the good old days when it was all glass bottles. What annoys me about them is as follows, <laughs> right? So when you go to open one for the first time ever, you have to unscrew the top, don't you? And pull that little plastic bit lifts up, doesn't it? And you go to pull it off. Yeah. What do you, and where does that go? What do you well, do? Firstly, where does that go? Secondly, I don't know if you found this or if it's just the way I'm doing it. It always leaves a small film of plastic underneath that. 
as well. So it kind of separates as you pull yeah. it off. Yeah. And now the problem with that is, A, it's still not open. But B, if you don't take all of that fine film of plastic from underneath off, yeah. what happens when you go to squirt it on your food? It comes out at a 45 degree angle, doesn't it? Yeah. It goes everywhere. Ruined. It, ru it either ruins your white t-shirt. So if you've got like ketchup, goes all over you, all over the table, or worse still, all over a part of the meal you didn't want to touch with ketchup because it's not coming out at the right angle. Yeah. What's wrong with the jar? Yeah. Or, or the bottle, the, gla the, the glass bottle, which is you can recycle. Yeah. And then you've just got a metal top lid, which again, yeah. you can recycle. Yeah. Much more straightforward. Whereas this is all plastic with a plastic lid, but then this tiny bit of foil stuck to a bit of plastic, which doesn't come off in one hit. And therefore it leaves you with these, and you've got to get a knife and cut around. And if you don't get it all off, 45 degree angle, ketchup all over your partner. See, I think when we do our meldry moment, we should vote for a winner. So I think you're probably the grumpy of the week. Yeah, it made me really, really annoyed. Because you get that prize. And when we have guests on, we can do that as well. But yeah. what made me think about, and so I think if just quickly, because always conscious of time, similar thing with um, pump action uh, soap that you have in your bathroom or by your sink. Yeah. Uh, on a roll now where they just don't work. There's no pumping going on, basically. Yeah. And, 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 and they've made them so you can't unscrew them, some of them. Some you can, some you can't. So the ones you can't unscrew, you're just left with this full bottle of soap that you keep coming back to and hoping it will work and it never will yeah. it's not going to work it's broken and so this is this isn't a one-off this is happening a lot and then for ones that do unscrew you have to unscrew it and then the soap comes out on like a stick which is the tube for the pump action and you have to instead of pumping you're wiping the soap on your hands yeah who's making these things that don't like that that don't work why are they why have, yeah, I, yeah. why have I had, I'm not, if I'm not telling a lie, if I've had six in the last six months, you know, what, what's going on? That's a high percentage. And then that just makes you want to go back to the good old fashioned soap dish with a bar of soap in it. Yeah. And that's messy, but it's yeah. less hassle them to take it off and then dip your hand in that little pump strip, isn't it, every time? But does the COVID virus live on a bar of soap? No. <laughs> and we're all right now. <laughs> we're fine let's carry on with soap now just before we close do you want to set me from how not to murder your grumpy by carol e wire yeah. um the letter m oh there's loads of possibilities for this and it can't be murder because it's how not to murder your grumpy so presumably that wouldn't be a positive activity for a grumpy person to carry out actually this one is going to be quite a high profile one because we're going to have to be very careful what we say or we could end up in lumber McDonald's. <gasps> what? I'm, I already have. I already have a feeling they do quite a lot of yeah. engagement. So let's go for what your nearest McDonald's is up to. My nearest one. Okay, that's a drive-through one. Although no, you can go in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's one literally five-minute walk from me. So I'm going to find out. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. There's a, there's a UK McDonald's Collectors Club, which was started in 2001. And they have an annual convention. These are the ones that collect the toys. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, that sounds good. I will do a very, very small amount of research for that and report back um, as a Judge Jono with that next week. Been a pleasure to catch up, as always. And in the words of Bob Mortimer, you are, as always, a ponderous swan. So until next time. 
Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the UK Consult. Join us for future conversations each week as we continue to explore the tremendous, meaningful and ever-evolving world of digital consultation and community engagement. You can view additional educational resources at bangthetable.com.